yo, yo. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast. TJ, let them know what we got on tap for today. All right, all right. Hey, like uh, my ho- my co-host, uh, Stephen Fellow said, welcome back to Cover 3. It's been a couple weeks since we were able to drop the last podcast, and that's just because, you know, uh, two of us are out there recruiting, so we got to be able to uh, devote some time and love to, to these new recruits and uh, to our team. So we do apologize for, for having such a long draw between the two uh, last episode and this one. But, you know, this one's going to be a good one. This one's going to cover some of the things that uh, over the last uh, offseason or this past offseason, uh, the recruiting period, and how we just sort of see things have shaped up over this uh, last couple weeks. So and the first thing that we're going to talk about tonight is just sort of recruiting for the offseason. What's that look like? The transfer portal, the coaches portal. You know, we discussed how those things are going to shape up and what we believe them to shape up to be in the last one. Now we're going to sort of recap. Did they meet the expectations that we wanted or that we thought they were going to be? And I'm going to tell you, man, the transfer portal, I, I, I think we nailed it on the head last time that we, were, we all got together. We knew that the transfer portal was going to be big. We knew that the transfer portal was going to bring a lot of players in from the MAC. You got 66 players that were in the transfer portal. And of those 66, 44 of them come from coming from the MAC. So two-thirds of the transfer portal came from the feeder league. That's big. And a lot of these players are outstanding players. They got a lot, they were able to showcase their talents. And uh you know, going after these people, you know, we have a guest with us tonight, Willie D from Eastern Michigan, the head coach for there. Um, somebody who had players from his roster go into the transfer portal. Now open up spots on his team that he had to go recruit for. Hey, Willie, tell me, looking at this transfer portal, you lost some players that uh, – you know, went in, obviously went to other play, uh, other places in the Power 3, some great players from EMU. I expect the same, you know, you to fill those void and have some great playmakers this season. But how did that shape out for you, losing that, those players, and then having to come in and fight with the Power 3 at the same time of trying to fill your, your – Well, you know, it, it was big, you know, because not only did I lose – those specific guys to a power three team. And those are also the leaders of the team. When I went back through the locker room, those guys were the leaders, the vocal leaders in the locker room. So coming in the crew, not only to replace those positions, but to find more leaders, you know, out there in the recruiting process was really big. You know? No, no doubt. And that, that, uh, here's the thing that I liked about this offseason. It's the first time. I mean, I know it's only the second season for, for the match. But what did you think of the, being able to recruit at the same time as the Power 3 team? Oh, I loved it, man. I think it gave us a fair shot, you know, at least to talk to a lot of these five-star and elite guys who would normally wouldn't be able to hear from us. Because they already signed before our, our time is up to actually start recruiting. So, you know, it was actually good to be able to talk to them and actually keep their interest, you know, up until that early signing day. You know, let them know what the Mac is about. You know, instead of just hearing from other people, give them a chance to get to know us as coaches and as people rather than having that early signing day and signing before us Mac coaches could even reach out to them and talk to them. 
no doubt, no doubt. Um, you know, and we've, you know, my co-host Stephen Fellows had to recruit this season for Florida, and it's a little bit harder to. I would, I would imagine, it's a little bit harder to try and recruit for a team that is already established. You lose a few people because they graduate or they transfer out. Um, and so you have a few holes to fill. How, what's your take on recruiting against some of these MAC teams? I mean, man, uh, some of these MAC, some of these MAC coaches can recruit now. I'm gonna be honest. This sucks. Uh, you guys should just go back to waiting until we're done. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was uh, man, it was nice. It was super challenging. Uh, it was my first season being able to recruit. I uh. Man, you just – you don't really know what you're getting into until you really do it. Like, I got the experience as a player, which was super fun. Um, and it, it, it can be hectic for a player coming in. Uh, but, man, as a coach, when you're trying to get these people or these young kids to come to your program and you're going against – I mean, what do we got, like? 20, I mean, what we got, 26? 26. 26. You know, so this was the biggest season ever. Uh, And you had two new teams joining the big three with Oklahoma and Boise. Uh, Man, it was tough. It It was real tough. Especially, you have a lot of young people coming in. And honestly, with the MAC being able to recruit at the same time, it's just it's super tough because people just people in general that enjoy football enjoy max football yeah Yeah. so people want to go there it's just how it works oh no doubt no doubt um so you know I, I I firmly believe that the transfer portal, a lot of teams made their money. Um, and when there's 66 of them in the transfer portal, I think that, you know, obviously the power three teams killed it in the transfer portal versus the Mac. Um, and that's just, you know, a lot of those guys were in the, in the Mac last season and they want to move on to a power three team. So naturally, uh, you know, these power three teams are going to have a little bit better in the transfer portal. Um, right. What, Kyler, tell me, what are your thoughts? What did you see in the transfer portal and how things sort of shaped out? Because, um, you know, I got to get your thoughts on, on this transfer portal real quick. Uh, yeah, I mean, it pretty much shook out the way we all expected it to. I don't think anything really crazy happened. There was nothing super surprising, really. Like, nobody went to the MAC that you, you know, wouldn't expect to go there or anything. No uh, really retention happened, especially for, uh, if you look at a team like NIU, who put out some crazy talent. You know, you have uh, Dowden, Frazy, um, Potees. I think the only receiver or starting receiver they retained from last season was uh, yep. Richardson, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's insane. I mean, if you just look at the guys they put out and, you know, transferred into those power three teams, it's, it's, it's massive. Um, you know, there, there was one 
um, massive, massive transfer that I saw, um, which actually came from your team, Stephen, the Florida Gators. It was, yeah, yeah, uh, he Jones. went to yep. NIU. Yep. Yeah, he went to NIU. That was that was probably um, to contradict what I said previously. That was probably one that actually shocked me. Um, but that was really the only one that I was really super surprised by. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it was it was a fairly you know for as large as it was, fairly predictable. Still exciting to see where everyone was going to go, but um, it was it was pretty predictable. Uh, the Mac didn't really score a ton. Don't forward. Um, I think maybe. Um, I think maybe Miami of Ohio had some good signings with, you know, myself and uh, TJ coming in. That's a five-star in the elite. Um, uh, was it was it Toledo or Kent State that had the tight end? Uh, it was Kent State, I believe. Yeah, Kent State, yeah. Kent State. Yeah, the yeah, tight end, Toledo the five-star tight end. In, yep. um, Great. You know, Tanner Jones. Um, but, yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so there were still some solid pickups yeah. from there, but and then, for the uh, most part – well, Bowling Green got Harris, the running back, um, which is in the elite. But I think yes. that was pretty much it um, for the Mac. No, I, yeah, that's. I, I agree. I think uh, nothing surprising, nothing overly shocking. I mean, you have the onesie twosie, the outliners, um, but yeah, I think the Mac did well for. for a transfer portal, but and naturally, I think the power threes just they're going to come out and do what they do uh, in that transfer portal. Yeah, so nothing, yeah. nothing really shaped out that we thought. Now we're going to the offseason commits, and uh, you know the one question that I have for the group, and we'll go around and then I'll share my thoughts. Um, is who's that one commit, that new recruit that you look at and you're like, man, yeah, that makes sense. You go into that program. Um, you know, yes, Willie, really. who do you look at as these new recruits? And you're like, yes, that makes sense of them going to that program. I got you. Now, I'm going to say this, and you guys might think it's weird, but Dylan Kent, Dylan Tate, there's the quarterback for Kent State. And the reason I say this, yes, the reason I say really? this, he was a guy at the top of my boys at quarterback. Like, he was one of my top guys, even over a lot of the five-star and elite guys. And it was just because talking to this guy and getting to know him and getting to know how much he loves the game of football and the aspect that he's willing to game plan, willing to sit down and do a lot of stuff that a lot of guys are not going to do. They're just going to play. So, you know, I really think the upside with this guy coming into a new team, he's, he's going to give Chef Fox a lot of help. I can tell you that preparing for games. I really think this kid, it might not be yeah. this season because, you know, sometimes it's fresh and it's iffy. But down the road, a season or two for now, this guy's going to be special. I can tell you that. Like, I was going after him hard the entire time and just getting to know him. He's really he's yeah. going to be somebody special, not only for them, but for the league as well down the league. No, absolutely. You know, I, I talked to Dylan uh, Tate as well. And, you know, so him and his brother both uh, – well, him and his two brothers all went to um, to Kent State. So I was, I was after all three of them. But, no, I, I completely agree with you. I think uh, it's a great pickup for Kent State. Um, and he's a very versatile uh, QB. Uh, 
even at a four-star level. And he's definitely somebody I think was at the top of a lot of people's boards. Um, Steven, what are your thoughts? Who, who's that one guy that you're looking at? And you're like, yes. Uh, in just recruiting or like transfer portal and everything? Yeah. Nah, just recruiting. Just the new guys. And it, it's tough. Uh, I'm thinking Croft, the QB, the elite QB that went to Oklahoma. Um, okay. I just, you know, his chances, a new team over there to just start fresh and build. And I just feel that he's going to be in a great system. Um, they got a lot of great recruits around him over there. I'm thinking he was probably that one recruit that I feel just fits so good over there. No doubt. No doubt. Um, yeah, you know, there, there's a, a sort of an appeal to that, you know, coming into a brand new program. And to a new team that's coming in, uh, guess what? You have nothing but records to break every single game from, from here to the end of the season. Um, you know, so it adds a lot of uh, uh, appeal to that. So, no, absolutely. It definitely makes sense for that sort of QB to that kind of program. It's around him to, to just make him better and shine. Kai, um, what about you, brother? Who do you see? Uh, so I have one pick and two honorable mentions. Um, they're all at the safety position. Okay. Um, my my actual pick for who I think is the best fit is Josh Young, uh, the strong safety for USC. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I just see him fitting in with that secondary super well. Um, you'll hear a lot about USC and upcoming topic in this episode, but just in my notes, when you look at the guy, I mean, he's super active. He's super nice. He's got a great mentality. He's super talented. He's going to do fantastic things back there with Arian Adams. I mean, I I just see him being the perfect addition to that USC secondary. Um, and my other two, my honorable mentions, are uh, Connor Looney and River Madison for uh, Clemson. Um, I think Clemson had uh, some fairly large shoes to fill with um, – Josh Clayton leaving and to a lesser extent myself. Um, but I, I just, I think they did a wonderful job of recruiting and finding two guys who could really sort of step in and not lose a step from what you had. Cause I mean, you know, the, the Clemson secondary was, you know, pretty damn good last year. If you look at, you know, Kyler Smith, Josh Clayton, uh, Laird Olaf, Diedrich law, you know, you have guys like that back there. Um, and I really think that uh, getting these two dudes really helped them significantly and uh, not sort of having any, any rebuild there. They can just start right where they left off. No doubt. No doubt. So, you know, yeah, I, I agree with you with uh, your pick of, of Josh Young. I think that's a big time get yeah. for USC. And, you know, I think USC came out this, this offseason was like, you know what, we've got to build a strong secondary. And so my pick was Colby Wiersma, the corner, elite corner coming into USC. And when you look at the talent that's going to be in that secondary with them, you're going to have the elite strong safety in Josh Young. You're going to have 
the the veterans in that safe uh, that secondary with the uh, sophomore Aaron Adams and then the elite corner um, Tace Blazer, and then you're also bringing in another four star strong safety in Harry Hammond. So their secondary is, dude, you're talking what one, two, three, four elites. That's nuts. That, yeah, that's insane. That secondary is probably, in my opinion, the strongest and most talented and most diverse secondary in the entire CFSL. Yeah, one hundred percent. It is going to be extremely hard to pass against those guys. Yeah, yeah, that's a scary oh, yeah. secondary for sure. So. Um, that that's going to cover that portion because I think the offseason commits. I mean, at this point, it is what it is, and we're going to roll into um, sort of staying with the offseason commits, but we're going to talk about sort of where we rank the 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 recruiting classes based off their commits during this offseason. Um, and please, for those listening, yes, the we get that some of these teams like Boise State, Oklahoma. They have a crap ton of people to fill, so they got a lot of talent. So some you're probably gonna hear their name called their names called a few times through, through our through our hosts. But I can tell you right now, I don't have either one of those two programs on my top three. Just I don't either. Just because of the fact that they're gonna have they're two brand new teams and they sort of have to go for there. Um, and then looking at the what they what they got versus these other programs, I just don't think that they they recruited extremely well. Don't get me wrong, but I think these other teams knew what their holes were and had to fill those holes. And then dealing with Cap and all the other things, these other three teams for me um, definitely definitely hit the nail on the head. Um, yes, sir. Willie, what what do you see as your top three? Um, power three schools that recruited the best uh, for so you. My number one team where it has to be USC. What they came out and did during recruiting on the defensive side, it it was just, it really was amazing. You know, it, this league has really become past happy. And I mean, when you go and get that type of talent in your secondary, you know, you daring somebody to throw the ball and beat their corners one-on-one, and that's not going to be easy to do. So USC definitely is number one for what they went out and did on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, For me, I think number two, number two would be LSU. LSU really didn't grab much, but what they did come out and get is another big-time receiver who can stretch the field. And we all remember LSU last season was a great team. So adding another receiver who can stretch the field deep, giving a deep threat can make them even more dangerous than what they were the season before. So I'm really looking forward to seeing LSU do pretty much similar to what they did last season, even though their recruiting club wasn't huge. Yeah. Yeah, My third team. Hmm. I think my third team is Clemson. And and this the way okay. you know, okay. they really didn't see that much of a flash during recruiting wise. 
But transfer-wise, they got the quarterback, Scott Fountain, who's now back there with the man. That's what I call him, the man, because he's a grown man at running back. Like, <laughs> I, I call him <laughs> yes, the man because he's, he's just crazy. So now having Scott Fountain back there, a versatile running quarterback with him, it makes it dangerous. And then on defense, when you have Lawler back there, then you add River Madison, and then you add Looney, two veteran guys. Looney, who not this this, this season, Pat, but the one before played in the national championship game, who's really experienced. So Clemson is really up there. They bolstered their D, and their offense is still pretty dangerous with, with the guys that they have. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I mean, and all three of them, I, I completely agree, did phenomenal jobs. Um, Steven, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on these, these? What are your top three for this hey, Power 3 so conference? Uh, I probably have to go with USC as uh, my number one. Uh, mainly, like you said, just adding with – Adding to the secondary with Adams already being there, um, I really, you know, it's going to be tough to throw on these dudes. Uh, just simple as that. They picked up um, Kuda Black at D-Tackle. I mean, it's, you know, he was he was in the MAC last year, and, I mean, he's, he's going to be pressing the QB, and they're just going to be – it could be a bad season for D-Stone again. Uh, oh they, yeah, they have to be the number one for me. Uh, after that, and it's kind of there's a couple teams that you could throw in there. I'd probably have to go with the Wolverines after that. Uh, um, yeah, you know, just picking up Denny and McGuire in the transfer portal. I mean, it helps a lot. It's gonna. I think they're going to be able to move the ball a lot better this year than they did last year. Um, yeah. You know, they picked up in recruiting a lead receiver in lane, which I think is going to help out a ton. Uh, man, it's so tough. There's so There were so many, you know, good moves this offseason. You know, a lot of great people coming in the league. Uh, after that... Like, my two and three was kind of – they're kind of, like, the same. So, after that, it's probably Florida State. I hate to say it because I, you know, being a Gator, well, you got to hate the Seminoles. Um, <laughs> oh, <but> yeah. <laughs> man, they got one of our guys, Malik Harris, the lead receiver, just a stud. I hate that he, you know, left the Gators, but you got to do what you got to do. And – I think with him, and then they picked up Lacey in recruiting. I think he's going to be a great quarterback in the league. He'll probably have a you know a lot of good games, except for when he plays the Gators. Um, <laughs> you know, but oh yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking, man. They picked up Petty John, the tight end out of uh, Ball State, which I think is going to help a ton. Yep, um, I definitely. That's probably my top three, though. USC, um, yeah, USC, the Wolverines, and then Florida State. 
no doubt. Uh, all three did really, really well. Um, Kyler, your top three, brother. Uh, so my number one is uh, going to be a little bit of a parrot here because I also have USC as my number one. Um, I just think when you look at their recruiting class and transfer list, I mean, you got Elijah Crazy, dynamic wide receiver, uh, two defensive linemen in Cletus Quackenbush and uh, Coda Black, who are both absolutely fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, you got a three-star corner in Mick Beverly, who's a guy who can make plays and be a depth guy, um, which you desperately need, especially with the fatigue now. Yeah. Um, you know, you got four-star halfback, Radman Roberts, four-star wide receiver, Samuel Stern, uh, Jacob Cobb, a middle linebacker, Harry Hammond to be that depth guy and switch back and forth between Young and Adams. Uh and two guys we already talked about and Colby Wiersma and Josh Young, who are going to be absolutely fantastic playmakers. Uh, I just, oh my God, they're going to be scary, but fun to watch. Um, that's, that's my number one. Um, my number two is uh, going to be Florida state. Um, I think Florida state just absolutely murdered it. Um, I mean, they picked up Kyoko winner, Rocco Lacey, Roscoe Mack, Alexander Barnes, Michael Brown, Zap Warren, Charles Hester. Got Gabe Dowden, Malik Harris, Hayden Pettyjohn, Jess Hill, Jason Burton Jr. I mean, they just look like just that alone is fantastic. Oh, yeah. And if you look at the guys they had on their roster last year, I mean, they they, they just look amazing. They're, they're going to be a good team this year. No doubt. Uh, Playoff-wise – I don't know. Eh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But purely talent-wise, they look really good. They have a good base. It's just about building on it. Yep. Um, and my last pick is probably going to be a little surprising, and I'll explain myself. Uh, my last pick is Texas A&M. Okay. And uh, here's why. So last year, from watching the games and playing them, I think Texas A&M had probably one of the best defenses talent-wise in the league. Yeah. Um, I think they lacked a lot in the secondary, um, particularly where the corners. Um, I think uh, Mears and Damian Armour did fantastic. But I just – I didn't see a lot from the corners. And those were two spots that did not – or there was a spot that did not get filled with the corners. So that leaves a little to be desired. But when you look at the big two they got, being Josh Clayton and Ty yeah. Perry and the transfers. Oh, yeah. Those are two absolutely monstrous playmakers. And if you look at that, you have all their linebackers being Allie Peters, Ty Perry, and Ty Linker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is probably the best linebacker core in all of the CFSL. And I, I really don't know anyone else that could stand to that. Um, and then they got, you know, Shoemaker to fill, no pun intended, the shoes of uh, TJ Smith, uh, nominee for freshman of the year, All-American, uh, absolutely fantastic player. Um, and then they have four-star Joseph Robinson to fill that, uh, that hole yeah. that Skywalker had. Yeah. When he left. So, and that's a solid, that's a solid player to pick up and fill that spot. So I think they've plugged the holes where they needed to be plugged. Um, I would have liked to see them get a corner. Yeah. But, you know, they'll work with what they have. They'll be a very hard-hitting, aggressive defense, especially in the front. Um, I think a lot of teams key to 
to success against them this year is going to be trying to air the ball out. Um, but you still have Mears Armour and Clayton back there. Oh, yeah. So it, it'll be tough. It'll, it'll be a good season. It'll be a good season from them. Um, I I don't know. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, you know, so I think we've we've all got a pretty general consensus on on these teams. So I'm I'm a I'm gonna hit my teams real quick. So my number one was Florida State. They came out and dude, they picked up twelve recruits. Sits on defense, sits on offense. They stacked both sides of the uh, both sides of the ball. They picked up three elites, three five stars, two four stars, and then they went with four three stars at for depth. Um, and, and fatigue's a big, big game changer in here. And we've seen it a lot last season, how, how much you need that depth, uh, towards the end of games to, to actually close these out and win them. So I think they, they hit every aspect of the game of what they needed, putting the key people in the right positions. And I think that's extremely important, putting the right people in the right place, um, and building that chemistry. So uh, Florida State went out and nailed it out the park for me. Um, uh, it, it's hard to uh, sit here and look at these other teams and say any team did a better job than them. Um, my number two is Michigan. And although they only ended up getting seven recruits, they went out and got four elites, two five-stars, and a four-star. Michigan – Ended up doing very much of what Florida State did. They got three defense, four offense. They stacked the they stacked it on both sides of the ball. Um, they utilized their cap very well, and they went and picked up playmakers that they know are going to be playmakers. Um, and that's huge for Michigan because there's a lot to be desired for Michigan. Uh, I think a lot of teams wanted, or a lot of people wanted Michigan to do very well last season, and you know they just sort of came up short. Um, of what we expected of them. But, I, you know, I think Allen's going to do a great job. He did a great job recruiting, and I think he's going to do a great job game planning this season and utilizing that talent that he brought in. And my last team um, that that I, I, I believe did really well is USC. They went out and picked up 10, 10 recruits, two elites, three five-stars, four four-stars, and a three-star, seven of them on the defense alone. That is scary for what their defense is going to look like because their offense, let's be honest, their offense mm-hmm. is phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, really uh, the only person that they lost from what I can remember on their offense is Colby right. Tickler. Um, so, man, their, <laughs> their offense, if they can maintain the, the productivity of their offense last season, plus the seven – defenders that they went and picked up USC is going to be a very scary team to watch and, and very, very scary team to play against. And, you know, the sad thing is, is as the head coach of Miami of Ohio, Florida state and USC are my first two games. So yeah, it's going to be very difficult to game plan against these teams. It's going to be very difficult to, to really do whatever it is that we want to do against them, whether that's run the ball, air the ball out, however we, we game plan this. It's going to be very difficult for my Ohio. Um, however, I'm optimistic. I think we can win every game uh, that we go and play against. So now we're going to move on to the MAC teams. 
the three MAT teams that we believe did the best job in recruiting uh, for, for this season. And again, um, Miami of Ohio, Kent State, two brand new MAT teams um, coming into this league. And uh, man, I think all the MAT teams honestly um, did a very, very good job at recruiting. But it's a list of the top three. So we got to narrow these down. Um, Willie, what are your thoughts on these top three for the MAC program? My number one would be Bowling Green. You know, um, after the success they had last season, you know, pretty much wiping through the whole MAC conference, you know, majority of that team transferred out into the Power Three. So for a shirt to be able to come back in and pretty yeah. much retoured the whole team was it was a great job because he had a lot of holes to fill. He he filled the majority of them holes during recruiting. So that's oh, my yeah. number one. And then my number two and three is Kent State and Miami. Even though they're new teams, but the way you was able to bring high talent people into the MAC, it's you know one thing I figured out is a lot of guys high-level guys that tend to ask about what can the MAC do for them rather than the power three. You know, we all we all know that the MAC can't compete for a national championship and stuff like that. So for yourself and Chef to be able to bring in those guys and still convince them to come and help build a new program from the ground was an amazing job because a lot of guys, new guys don't want to do that. They want to be able to be in that limelight, playing that national game and get that spotlight and recognition. So you guys, so you guys did a wonderful job of oh, no doubt. bringing guys in and getting them to believe in the process that you're trying to build at that program, and them wanting to be a part of that. Oh yeah, thank you, thank you. And I know Chef Pockets, um, he did an awesome job as well. Um, Steven, uh, your top three for the match, brother. Because you know, like you said, like you know, same thing with Ohio Boise. We, uh, you know, two new teams, but it's still a little different um, since you guys, you know, obviously people a lot of times are going to go to the Power Three, and you guys got to recruit at the same time as all of them. So, man, I would probably have to say, you know, Miami is probably my number one um, just with what you were able to do over there. Um, you know, recruiting at the same time. Um, you know, we got an elite QB and Andrews over there. Um, you know, five star running back. It's, I mean, four four star receivers, and you know, it's. I mean, the offense is going to be nice. Uh, I won't talk about the transfers. You know, the big DN TJ Smith. You know. <laughs> Free safety, <laughs> Kyler Smith. I mean, it's – I won't talk about them two guys. Um, but, yeah, uh, nah, you know, recruiting at the exact same time as everybody else to be able to pull in and a lead in two five-stars, you know, it's it's tough. You know, it's, it's, it's tough. Miami uh, – and then I'd probably have to say my number two would be – the Ohio Bobcats. Um, you know, they pulled in the number one player overall in Murray, the QB. 
Um, yeah. You know, they was it the number four running back in Ryzen? Uh, just, you know, getting two of them, two elite players that are going to be nasty on the offense. We've seen it in, you know, the newcomers game, both of them. Uh, yeah. So it's, yep. I mean, has that offense been good over there? Uh, and my number three is, man, it's tough. I'd probably have to say my number three would be Bowling Green. Um, just because, you know, like Willie said, he had a lot of people that left, that transferred out, um, and basically retooling a whole team, but still kind of having a team um, to pull in. I mean, it was like 19 people or something, 17 recruits. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, I mean, it's just crazy, especially recruiting at the same time. Like you said, it's everybody else. So I definitely oh, yeah. uh, that's probably my top three. I'd have to say for the Mag. Okay, I'm gonna chime in real quick on on my top three because um, I know I, I'm pretty confident. I know what Kyler's got for for his and how he sort of based him off of. Um, so I'm gonna let him dive into that after I get him after I get out of my top three. So here's my top three, and I'm just looking at man when I look at at what a a great recruiting class looks like. It's not just sheer numbers. It, it, it's about bringing the type of talent that's gonna have a chemistry with each other. Because um, I think that's huge, right? You look at like even in real life when you look at teams like Tennessee who consistently has top five recruiting classes every single year. The problem with Tennessee is they don't know how to develop and bring in the right talent that sort of allows that chemistry to build between the team. Um, and then you see how they do each year. And so you're like, man, Tennessee, what happened? So for me, when I look at my top three, this is how I, I look at them uh, is, is the chemistry and the talent that they're bringing in. So, my number one is Miami of Ohio, and I know that's sort of going for the homer pick. It's my team, and I got it. But they brought in two elites, three five-stars, seven four-stars, and then four three-stars. That's huge when you're talking about the type of talent that they're bringing in. An elite half, or excuse me, elite QB. They got an elite defensive end on the line. They got three five-stars. They got a five-star free safety in the secondary. They were able to pick up a five-star tight end and a five-star halfback. Um, the versatility of their offense is going to be dangerous because they have four four-star wide receivers, two three-star wide receivers for uh, that they can utilize in depth, and they're going to be very hard to game plan for. And then they go out and get four three-stars, you know, two two on the defensive side of the ball, and then two on the offensive side. All right, um, so very very dangerous offense now. There's, there's a lot to be desired on, on the defensive side of the ball for them. And, you know, fortunately for the MAC programs, they still have another um, several weeks, you know, three weeks before the season starts that they can, they can, uh, Miami can fill those, those spots up. My next, my number two pick is Bowling Green. And I'm choosing Bowling Green, one, because, yes, a lot of holes to fill. 19 recruits is a lot. Um, Miami only got 16 so far. So when you're looking at 19 recruits, um, 
you're talking one elite, one five star, five four stars, and then 12 three stars. That's a lot of depth for that program. And I don't foresee their team getting fatigued or tired a lot towards the end of these games. So if you want to beat Bowling Green, oh, you're yeah. going to have to beat them early. <clears throat> right? You, you just have to. You're going to have to put a crap ton of points on them early and then sort of maintain that lead throughout the season, uh, throughout the game. My number three, I'm going to go with Kent State. Kent State's bringing in 17 recruits, two five-stars, seven four-stars, and eight three-stars. The talent that they brought in um, is just phenomenal. Um, seven four-stars is a lot. That's a lot of talent that is going to easily be able to translate next season into, well, if they stay, great, but if they move on to a Power 3 conference, you're talking, that's a lot of talent that, that a lot of these programs right. are going to be looking at this year. Now, and it was very hard to narrow my top, my third choice, because I want to be honest and, and success. And I think EMU did a very, very great job. You're talking 10 recruits. Um, and then you're like, well, that's 10 guys. Is that great when you're talking like Bowling Green with 19? Well, 10 for a team that already has a lot of rosters uh, or a lot of their roster filled is still a great recruiting class. So I've got to give it out to you, Willie D. You did a phenomenal job in recruiting. Um, Kudos to you. Um, And, brother, I look forward. I'm just (laughs) glad I don't have to play you this season because you're going to be scared. It it, it was tough that, you know, Um, Got guys to buy into the system, and you know what I'm trying to do this season, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Like that's that's one thing I'm really looking for is just that defense side of the ball because yeah. defense looks pretty scary. And you know, like you said, there's still time in the season, so oh yeah, it's developing. So I'm I'm excited to see what these guys do, especially these sophomores and guys returning after the season they had last year. You know, they're ready to prove that that's not who they are. That's not what this team's about. No, absolutely. You know, and I've got to get a shout out to, uh, I'd be reminisced if I didn't give a shout out to these two, you know. Um, So I'm going to look at Ohio, running eight recruits, you know, I mean, they're bringing two two elites, like you said, a QB and a halfback. And then NIU, um, they didn't do a, that, Volume number, man, did they load up with with getting Bentley Jones, um, and then they got their their QB that they were going after, Justin Morris. So their their offense is going to be very very high powered, um, and now you've got to sort of wonder how do I game plan against that? How do I game plan for Justin Morris and Bentley Jones? So that's going to be, you know on a lot of teams' radar, um, even the Power 3 teams. Is, right. How do we game plan for these guys? So I got to give a shout-out to those three. Um, so those are my top three. Miami, Ohio, Bowling Green, Kent State. Great job to all three programs and all the players that committed to those teams. Um, Kyler, your top three for the Mac, brother. Okay, so my top three, I'm going to go from three to one because one's going to be a little long. Um, so I'll go from number three. My number three is Northern Illinois. Um, I think Wookie did a great job securing pieces that he really needed. Um, given yeah. what 
opportunity he had, you know, being in the Mac. I think Justin Morris, fantastic pickup at a five-star quarterback. Um, and then obviously elite halfback Bentley Jones is a wonderful pickup. Um, you have a strong safety, Tyler Goodwin, also a transfer. Yep. Um, you have, you know, the two three-star wide receivers, DeAndre Tyrone and King Sanders. Um, you know, I just, I, I just think they have the pieces now where they can really explode a little more. And they're, they're a little more well-rounded. Uh, last year, I thought their defense was sort of their downfall. They were a little weaker on the defensive side than they were on offense. And I think this season they'll do a lot better. Wookie's got a year of coaching under his belt, or excuse me, a season of coaching under his belt. So I think he'll have, you know, more experience. Yeah. So um, that's just, for me personally, I think the team that really completed themselves um, – I see that being, you know, Northern Illinois. Um, that's sort of my quality over quantity. Oh, yeah. When it comes to really filling holes. Um, my number two is going to be Bowling Green. Um, sheer numbers-wise and pure talent-wise, they filled the holes right. They brought in a ton of guys, a ton of guys who are going to be playmakers and do very well. Um, and they got in depth as, as well on top of those guys. Um, I think they just have a really solid overall team. Yeah. Um, But the reason they're at my number two is because my number one, I think, is the most talented team. And I have an explanation for that. (laughs) I I bet you couldn't guess it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I know. Never in a million years. No, but, but I do have an explanation. So here's why. I'll break this down mathematically. So let's say, in theory, three stars are one point, four stars are two points, five stars are three points, and elites are four points. Yeah. So, realistically, when you break it down between those, we'll, we'll do the math together. So we'll say two elites, that's eight points, right? Yeah. Okay. And then at three points, you have four five stars, because yeah. one of their four stars upgraded to a five star. Yeah. So... At four or five stars, at three points apiece, that's 12 points, right? So with just those two, you have 20 points, okay? And then you have five four stars. It was six, but you take one out, you know, because of the upgrade. Seven. Seven four four stars. stars Seven. What? Where do you (laughs) see Trust me, it's seven. I'm the coach. He knows it's wrong. One, two, three, four, five. You're missing the four-star cornerback, <laughs> I guarantee you. Oh, that's right. I was reading it off the list. Okay, so they're even better than I thought. My bad. Better than I thought. And it's not seven, remember, because you have yeah. to take uh, Brandon Wright. That's actually bump him up so to a five. Six. Yeah, Yeah. so it's six four-stars. My bad. They're better than I thought. My math was a little off. <laughs> the list hasn't been updated. I'm sorry. So at two points apiece, that's another twelve points, and then three three stars. That's three that's four three stars. Yeah. You're missing our tight end, I guarantee you. Damn. All right. I'm reading off of the list. I don't have your I don't have a league sheet. I'm sorry. Four points. All right. Mathematically, you break it down: eight points for elites, twelve points for five stars, twelve points for four stars, and four points for three stars. If you do that together, that's twenty. And 16, that would be 36. Okay. Yep. 
36 points total, just based off pure talent, going to Kent State. They only have a total of 29 points. Going to Bowling Green, they only have a total of 29 points. I don't know if that's completely up to date. It's, I don't have a league sheet. It's, but as it's pretty right now, close. It's 36. Yeah, it, 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 they would still be at a deficit. It's 36 to 29 to 29. On a pure talent basis, when you crunch the numbers, Miami of Ohio has the most talented recruiting class in the MAC as of right now. Um, I just think on the surface level, are they a little offensive heavy? Yes. But when you look at their defense and the, the pieces they've picked up, TJ Smith on the defensive line, Kirk Cowell on the defensive line, Robbie Gonzalez on the defensive line, that's an elite and two four stars. Yep. Just on the defensive line, that is scary good. That's like power three good. Yeah. And then in the secondary, you have Brian Kofer and Kyler Smith. A five-star and a three-star will be great playmakers. I mean, just looking at the team, and they just picked up a four-star corner as well. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention him, Jaden Thompson. They look like a solid team. I mean, the offense, you know, you guys have gone over that. Fantastic. There's not really much else to say about it. They just look really talented there. I just think on the surface and by the numbers and as far as filling the spots they needed to fill, Miami of Ohio has the best recruiting class. It was a little long-winded, but I broke it down. No, absolutely. Um, so, you know, that's our recap of, of the top three for the Power 3 and the top three for the MAC as far as recruiting goes. And there's still plenty of time for the MAC teams to, to pick up more pieces and to build their 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 holes, especially on defense, and I think that's oh, across the board on on most teams uh, in the MAC is defense, right? Um, so the MAC, I, I was just looking at it, man. I think the MAC's going to be uh, a shootout. Um, it's going to be a lot of high scoring games. Uh, they all have great offenses, um, but we're going to go to one of the things that you know, looking back on it last season and going through a lot of the the, the uh, other podcasts really focused on like the top 25 guys right um, and where they went and, and what they believe so we're going to talk a little bit about those guys that maybe didn't make in the top 25 um, in this in this class and what we think so for me when I'm looking at these top three or these top 25 or outside of the top 25, uh, there's still a load, a lot of talent that went to places, and I think they fit very well. Um, you know, Willie, looking at out, outside of the top 25, uh, who do you see being dynamic playmakers yeah. for the teams that so, they went to? And I know this is going to be kind of cliche because <laughs> I'm going to go with my own guy, man. Uh, free safety, Daniel Hintzerling. You know, he he was a guy who came in later during the process, and I was able to grab him as a safety. And when and when his first things after he yeah. signed with us, and after we had the schedule releasing about playing, and we just found out we was playing at Alabama. First thing he did, he went into chat and he's talking trash, talking about how he's gonna shut Alabama down. And I think we all remember that day in league chat. You know, it was a little jarring back and forth, and you know. 
I think right. just that passion he brings <laughs> for a team that went one and six last season to bring that fire in against a power three team with that type of confidence. He loves what he does. He he we talk on the regular and he tells how excited he is for the season. And I think that he was gonna be that difference maker on our defense. Even in the locker room as well, firing guys up. He even have my other safety assigned fired up and they're claim proclaiming to be the best secondary in the MAC. So that excites me because now I know that I found that leader in our locker room who's going to wake everybody up for game day. Uh, he's the guy He's the guy who's going to set the tone. That's huge. That's huge. No, no doubt that's huge, you know, picking up somebody who's going to step into that role and be sort of the locker room leader and, you know, motivate your guys not just on game day but every day. Um, that's a huge factor. Who else the you got? The other guy that I have is – Hold on, give me a minute because I don't have a sheet. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Jaden Thompson, the guy the guy that you picked up, TJ. He was one of the guys I was going to have too. I think coming in late, this guy, he's yeah. going to be a great piece at cornerback. You know, getting to know him. It is, I think this guy, he's going to come in and especially all the talent on the offensive side and the Mac. He's gonna be able to come in, and I really think shut down that half of his field. He's really gonna open up the game plan for defense and allow you to run coverages with his presence on that one side. I mean, with him right there, then you have Kyler oh, yeah. at the free safety. Your your secondary is gonna is gonna wreak havoc out there, and it's gonna make it hard to throw on you guys. <clears throat> Oh, no doubt. No, no doubt. Um, no, two great picks. Um, fully believe that you know both of those are, are huge. Going to be huge playmakers in the match, um, and definitely give uh, opposing offenses um, you know something to think twice about when the you know QB's throwing that ball, or or you know when you see somebody coming across the middle. Because uh, that's this league is known for hard hitting, strong safeties. And so you know, when you get that strong safety out in the middle and, and you're like, yep, there's my guy, I got him. And that QB leads him maybe a little too much or brings him out into that middle a little too much. Oh, yeah. And strong safety is going to make him pay for it. So, uh, and then having, you know, picking him up and, and having that sort of uh, informal leader in the locker room. Stage. You know, hey, Steven, um, give me your, give me your top Man. three outside <laughs> of the top right. three. It's a, it's a little tough. I'm probably going to have to, uh... I'm trying not to be, you know, like biased here, I guess. Um, but Fozzie Brown, receiver that uh, he's going to Florida. Um, he's out of Indiana. Um, watched a lot of film on this guy. I think he's going to be great. Lining up out there with Levi Timms. Um, I think he's just going to have a phenomenal season, phenomenal career. He came in as the number 11 receiver overall, um, 46th ranked recruit. Um, you know, he comes in 6'2", um, nice speed, great route runner. I really, I mean, he's 
he's my sleeper pick outside that 25. Like, um, I think he's going to be good, oh, yeah. real good. Uh, my number two will probably have to be Elijah Mosley, the strong safety at Bama. Um, you know, they kind of needed that in that part of the secondary, I feel. Um, you know, he came in as the number two strong safety overall. And I just – or the number two safety, actually, overall. Um, I just think he's going to add a lot to that defense that already has, you know, David Ware in the middle. Um, I just – it's going to be tough to throw – to do anything over the middle of the field with a strong safety like that and Ware in the middle. Um, and I think with picking up Gonzalez, um, you know, an elite re- uh, cornerback, if he's on the same side of the field, as him, I mean, you're probably not going to throw that way. Um, then I'd have to yeah. probably say, man, my number three and probably the person I recruited the hardest, and I was sad that he didn't pick me, and he went to Oklahoma, <laughs> is Julian Alexander. Uh, middle linebacker out of Texas. Um, he wanted to stay mm. close, somewhat close to home, oh, yeah. you know. So I understand why he went to Oklahoma. Uh, I guess, you know, my feelings are still kind of hurt on the inside, you know, as a coach. I uh, <laughs> really wanted him out there to help me lead this defense. Uh, I think he's going to be a great linebacker in the league. So. That's uh, that oh, yeah. probably be in my top three outside the 25 that I think are just going to be great. Uh, I'll throw an honorable mention in there. Caleb Arnold, the defensive tackle, that went to LSU. Uh, I think just with their defense that they have set yeah. up over there already, mm-hmm. I just feel he's going to have a great career. Oh, no doubt. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you've got him, and, and he's going to be tutelage, uh, having some tutelage. Yeah, yeah under, under tutelage with, with Dylan LeBlanc. And, and that, that, dude, that you couldn't ask for a better mentor um, to, to sort of try and follow in their footsteps and come up and say, hey, right. you did it last season. Now it's my turn. Um, yeah, so both of them, right? That's going to be, you know, man, that's vicious. Um, it, it could be scary. And, um, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a hard hard defense up front. Um. So, Kai, give me your thoughts on on your top three. Uh, so, my number one is my way too early pick for All American. Freshman of the year, defensive player of the year. I got this man looking like he's going up for all three as Julian Alexander. I think this man is an absolute playmaker. 
I think he's going to be an absolute interception machine out the middle. I don't think anybody's moving over the middle. I think he's going to get forced fumbles. I think he's going to get sacks, TFLs, open field tackles, assists, everything you could want in a player this guy has. And I think 100%, without a shadow of a doubt, I think he will be up for all three of those awards come the end of the season. Yeah, very possible. I think whatever team got him was going to be elated. Uh, he, he's just a very complete player. Yeah. So that's my number one, and it's a, it's a firm number one, especially yeah, considering 40, he's the yeah, lowest 44. ranked out of my three. He was a 46, 44. I believe. Yeah, 44? Okay. Yeah, uh, crazy. Um, my number two is uh, Jace Nickelberry. Okay. Uh, I think I think he's going to be explosive. If you watch the uh, Army-Navy game, he really showed out. Um, I think, you know, he made a lot of great plays. He was – I think he's just a playmaker kind of guy, you know. He's the guy who maybe won't get – 200 yards receiving a game or anything, you know, absolutely insane break records. I think he is a, a playmaker. He's a guy who gets open when he has to be, and he can really – I think he's going to be a good yeah. red zone threat as well. Yeah. Uh, and my uh, my number three is Dice Dickerson. Okay. Um, you know, um, multi-position athlete, halfback slash wide receiver. Um, I think he's very complete, very versatile. Can catch the ball, can run the ball. Um, could probably take some really good snaps out of the Wildcat if that's something they were willing to do. Um, I think he fits just about every scheme you could possibly think of. Uh, I just I don't think there's a position, or I don't think there's a playbook where he doesn't perform. Yeah. But that's okay. My All great picks, uh, and I like Dice Dickerson. Um, so, uh, so I'm gonna go out there, and these here, here's two people, and I, my third is definitely somebody that we've already talked about. But my number one is Juice Jammer. Um, sits best wide receiver, twenty sits in on, on the on the sheet. Um, going to Oregon, um, who loves to air the ball out. Uh, he is going to be a playmaker that. Just gives that extra dynamic to Oregon. Um, he's he's just gonna be able to make plays. He's, he's versatile. He's he's everything that you look for in a receiver. Um, and then he's dude. He's he's active. Like you see him all the time. Um, he's just that guy. Um, so I got him as my number one. Dion Prince the third, the number two best corner, thirtieth overall. Goes to Ohio State. And this guy is just – man, he's going to be everywhere on that field. Like, you're not going to want to throw to his side. He's going to make you pay for even thinking about throwing to his side. Um, he's going to bring an extra dynamic to Ohio State's defense that they've really been missing. Um, I think that was a huge pickup for Ohio State. Um, and for them to be able to pull him in was, was just – well done. Very well done for, for that uh, coaching staff. Um, my th- third, and I think he's a general consensus on everybody's board, is Julian Alexander, the second best middle linebacker, 44th overall, goes to Oklahoma. 
Um, I, you know, Stephen, you, you you said you, you went after him very hard. He broke your heart, brother. He broke he broke mine too. I know he broke mine too, man. Me and him had some great conversations. I got a lot of respect for that guy. Um, and he's just he's gonna be, man. He he's right. going to be everywhere. Yeah. And I still I still talk to him at lot. defense. Um, even though he decided to go someplace else, he's the most out of all the recruits that I still talk to. Uh, you know, really just mess with him a little. Yeah. Man, I I had to delete it. <laughs> Do it, I had huh? to delete that whole chat yeah. because I was just—it broke my heart, man. And you know, when he's like, "Hey, man, I appreciate you coming after me. I love the conversation. I love your vision of your program." But I'm going to go to Oklahoma, and I was like, "Hey, wish you the best of luck." And then I deleted the chat. Man. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But I got a yeah, lot of respect. Oh, he's so smart. Um, the. I do have. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a fourth guy, and it's just because of how versatile of a player he is. Um, and I think if the if the program uses him right, you, dude, this guy can be up there. Um, and he's a Mac. He's a Mac player. Um, he he can very well be um, offensive up for offensive player of the year freshman of the year um and definitely an all-american candidate um and that's gonna be that's gonna be hector avila five-star halfback who who did go and i know that's a homer pick i got it he's going to miami of ohio but this dude if you just go down what he can do and you look at his stats and what he's capable of doing he can block he can run he can catch he can truck people he is literally a slower, younger version of Dane Jones. That's what he is. And this guy is going to be phenomenal. Um, and it didn't matter what program he went to. He's just that kind of player. Um, so he, he's my, he's my fourth one. I, I gotta get him. I got, I gotta give him a special shout out. Cause the dude's just, he's a special rarity talent. So hey, that covers our our best recruits outside the top twenty five. Look, th- th- this isn't an all extensive list. I mean, there there is tons of talent from twenty six all the way to one like one fifty something, whatever, however many there is. Um, and we believe that all of y'all are going to go out and do great things. Truly, I mean, we we expect mm-hmm. y'all to. Um, it's just those are some players that we saw that we saw some special uh, special in in them. Um, and then we're going to get into the last portion of our segment. And this is sort of our way too early predictions for next season's playoffs. I mean, we're, we're two months away from uh, almost three months away from, from the playoffs. And so they come out. We're now going to have eight teams in the playoffs, the top two from each, uh, each of the three power, our power three conferences, and then two that are voted on by ADs, two thirds from ADs, and then one third is going to come from um, the all players poll, as Mike has dubbed as the AP. So we're going to break break this down, and these are our predictions of what we see based off last season, the returning rosters, and the recruiting that they did. 
um, as well as looking at the ADs of these programs. Um, so, Willie, I'm going to throw you on the spot first, brother. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to put your feet to the fire on this one. Give me your top eight uh, that you think are going to make the playoffs. Willie, you there? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Willie fell asleep. All right. Steve, we're going to move on. Steven. And I'd have to say my Steven, two you give me yours. Big Ten. We'll start with the Big Ten. Um, man, it's so tough. Okay. Because I know what Boise's bringing to the table. Um, but I really feel it's going to be between – it'll be Michigan and USC. Um, but I, I feel Boise could take one of their spots. Um, I don't, I don't, so, okay, you know, so I kind of, all right, Willie's back. So tough. Like it's really three teams over there. Uh, so it's hard for me to say the one and two, man. Only because Boise could take one of their spots. But I don't really see – I don't see the other three teams, Notre Dame, Oregon, or Ohio State, really being able to slide in there ahead of one of them three. You know what I mean? I just feel that they're going to bring too much to the table. Yeah. Um. Man, so I'll pick two. I'm gonna do Boise and USC. We'll be the two for the Big Ten. Um, the Big Twelve. Okay. Another tough one. Uh, I think it's gonna be OK State and LSU, but I I think Texas is gonna have a big bounce back season. Um, they got two elite cornerbacks over there now. Um, it's gonna, it's gonna mm-hmm. be tough. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with LSU, OK State, uh, oh, yeah. Texas, and Oklahoma could kind of slide in. Uh, U.S. for the SEC number one, some Florida Gators, baby. Uh. That defense is going to be crazy. Uh, the yeah. offense is going to be electrifying. <laughs> uh, well, I won't put any predictions, but I'm going to go with the Florida Gators and the Auburn Tigers out of the SEC. Uh, I just, man, Auburn's bringing back okay. a lot of people. That's and a good they had some super nice additions. Um, I just, man, I find it oh, yeah. super hard to really think that they're not going to be in it this year because they're just always hanging out in it. You know what I mean? Um, so they're kind of one of them teams that could just yep. make that move really. Um, so that's what I'm going with for that. And then my two other teams that I think might slide in, huh? Basically. Uh, yep. I 
think it's going to be between Texas and probably whatever team didn't make it out of the Big Ten with Boise, Michigan, and USC. Okay. Yeah, all great picks. All great picks. Um, Willie, since you're back on, Give me your rundown of your your so, your eight playoff way too early so prediction. Out of the SEC, I'm going with Auburn, and I'm going with Florida this year. I I really think it's cliche, but I'm a defensive guy. But I really think defense wins game, and Florida has the defense to compete and keep teams down, especially with the addition with the elite defense and Coach Allen. So as long as that offense can, you know, kill the turnover ratio from last season, I think them guys have a real chance to come in and make it into the playoffs this season. With so those those my two out of SEC, the Big Twelve. Yeah. Yes, I'm going back with OK State. Uh, I know my guy played for them, but you know they really didn't lose much. And coming back with Lyle Fletcher, who's only gonna get better. After the type of season he had last year, I just really think you know they're they're that front runner for the Big Twelve to come back into the playoffs again. And my second team, I think it's Texas. I don't think um, Pepino is gonna let Texas go down again like they did last season. Then with the depth they went and got at cornerback, and they went and added yeah. another receiver. I think Texas is going to make it into the playoffs as well. And then in the Big Ten, Michigan is going to definitely make it in. I think they did really well. and Michigan is going to get in. Um, And I have to go at USC with the defense they have. I just don't see them not making the playoffs. I I really don't. Yeah. Yeah. My, I guess my two teams that are probably gonna okay. vote it in. I'm thinking one of Boise State will get in by votes. I think they're new, all the talent they got, and also Clutch is an experienced AD. So you know, in his love of Boise, I think they'll be able to squeeze in their first year. And then my second team, I'm gonna go with LSU. Yeah, their defense is just too good for me not. Not for them to make it into the playoffs. No, no doubt. Um, all great picks. Um, yeah. So, so Kyler, tell me your your eight teams, man. So, my way of breaking this down, uh, I'm gonna list the teams I have coming out of every conference. And then I'm going to list my top eight in order. So coming out of the SEC, um, my one and two, um, my number one is going to be Miami. My number two is going to be Florida. Uh, I think Miami returns with the same vitriol they had last year. They're going to be just as hungry. I think they still have the talent to compete at the exact same level they did. Um, I just see them coming back as the uh, the one seed. Um, uh, Florida at the number two. Obviously, they've you know had their defense spoken for. Um, 
they haven't really had their offense spoken for though, and I think that's going to be a big, a big uh, turnaround for them this season. Um, you know, bringing in a new quarterback, you know, new career, you know, new blood, new mentality, new training to get going. Um, seeing how he takes off is going to be really interesting, and I think if he can live up to the expectations, which are very high, um, that Florida has a really good chance of clinching that uh, playoff spot. Okay. Um, and I'll, I have another pick from the SEC, but that's for the vote vote in. Um, for the Big Ten, my number one from the Big Ten is USC. Um, I think offensively they're going to batter people and just you know really air it out because they ran the triple option last year, and this year they're really going to look to air it out and throw to their receivers. Defensively, they're going to just smother everyone. Everyone's getting choked. No one's going to no one's going to do anything on that defense. I think they're going to be dominant. Um, yeah, and my number two out of the Big Ten is going to be Boise State. I think Boise State takes the number two spot out of the Big Ten, brought in a really talented recruiting and transfer class. Clutch is a really great AD. I know I played under him. Um, I think he's got the ability to really foster a good environment for Boise. You see him in the league chat already. He's got a super hype team. Um, I just think, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be USC and Boise. Um, and then out of the Big 12, uh, I have my number one pick. It's going to be a little shocking. It's Texas A&M, and here's why. So I already mentioned their defense earlier. They had a super young team last year. They're retaining everyone on offense except for Skywalker. And they brought in a four-star receiver to replace him. They've got an incredibly talented team on both sides of the ball. They were, you know, they were coming into their own last year. It was a little bit of a break-in, call it a warm-up season. But don't call it a comeback when Texas A&M comes out and shocks a lot of people in the Big 12. New conference, new opponents, new Texas A&M. I think they come in at the number one. Um, my number two is going to be OK State. They look fantastic. My man, Lyle Fletcher, love that guy. Super nice dude. Uh, fantastic quarterback. Um, probably, as of right now, is – the best quarterback in the league. Yeah, I don't I don't think I'll get a ton of controversy for saying that. I think he's the best quarterback in yeah. the league. Um and that's that's my picks out of every conference and uh in order. So my prediction for the championship game in this order, well this isn't wouldn't be the championship game, but you know, just ranked everybody. Uh number one USC, I think they're gonna win it all. I see them winning the Addy. Um number two is Miami. Number three is Texas A&M. Number four is OK State. Number five is Florida. Number six is Boise. My number seven uh, being voted in is Clemson. Uh, I really think they have a talented team. Um, They filled a lot of the gaps that they had. Um, I think they come in competing at the same level they did last year. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to win it or, you know, get super deep in there. Um, but I definitely think they have a team that can make the playoffs. And my number eight is LSU. I think they will also be voted in, have a really talented team still. They recruited super well. Um, I think they'll still make it as well, but I just have USC winning it all. I think they're just incredible. Oh, no doubt. And some great picks there. Um, so I'm going I'm to round this out with, with my eight um, for the playoffs. And I'm going to start out at the Big Ten, and I think uh, it's a pretty wide cons- uh, consensus that 
you know, Michigan and UC, USC both make it into into the playoffs. Um, both are very talented. Both went out and recruited very well. Both have very talented uh, ADs who know how to game plan and utilize their players. Um, and I just don't see those two teams not making it. Um, it's a very hard conference. It's a very tough conference. And it's yeah. it's going to be cutthroat, but I think they're going to both of those teams are going to edge it out and be able to come into in, into the playoffs. For my for my Big Twelve, um, I, I'm in agreement. I think A and M is going to come out. Um, they've retooled. They've they've filled some some holes. They've got some depth. Um, and you look at their AD, who uh, is coming into his second year as an AD, uh, learned a lot from his first year and is going to come back out and A&M is going to be sort of what Oregon was last season. Um, if you look back in, in season eight, Oregon was the, the number one recruiting class. Um, and, but in season eight, they didn't perform very well. And, you know, I, I'm a allude back to my point of you can bring in talent, but you got to build that talent. You got to develop that talent. You got to build a team that has chemistry. Um, A&M was able to do those. Um, they come out last season with the number one recruiting class. And towards the end of the season, the chemistry started to really show. Um, they did lose a, a you know, phenomenal defensive end in TJ Smith who went into the mat. Um, but they, they filled it um, with another great defensive end. And then they, they were able to recruit and fill the hole of losing Skywalker. And then, like you said, uh, Kai, the, they didn't really lose anybody on, on offense. Um, Skywalker declaring early, but they filled it with a four-star. Um, the chemistry on that team was there. So um, definitely look forward to them having a, a great season and uh, making it into the playoffs. OK State is going to come back. I think OK State's going to be hungry. I think they're going to be upset that they didn't make it into the championship game. And they're, they're disappointed um, in themselves. Um, you have a great AD who definitely learned a lot over the season. And that team is going to come out hungry and, and wanting to, to to get back into the playoffs and, and push to, to being in the national championship. I think they, they have the talent to do that. Um, for the SEC, um, we all pitch or, you know, a lot of us looked at Auburn and I think Auburn, when you look at what Pac does at that program, phenomenal AD. He knows how to recruit, and he knows how to recruit not just pure talent, but the right talent. Um, and he did that this offseason. Uh, now he's got to go and utilize that talent. And that's one of the best things about him, him and his attributes is he's a great game plan. So I think Auburn's going to be able to make it in. Um, my other choice is, is that outlier. Um, I always like to find that one team that is maybe at the cusp of greatness um, with a little bit of tweaking. They could be really, really, really talented and really, really dangerous. And that's Alabama. Alabama went in. They added a four-star wide receiver to probably one of the best wide receiving cores in the league. Um Oh God! Don't I know, me. I know. The NWO is going to come out. They're going to listen to this podcast, and <laughs> that's all we're going to see in league chat for the next three days because because of it. Is NWO everything? 
but they're really talented. And then you got Doug Day. I love him. And Doug Day's a, a super phenomenal QB. I've got a lot of respect for him as a person and as a player. Um, I think Alabama can do it. I think they can come out and go back into the playoffs. Um, how far they make it, that's up to them. But I think that they can at least get in there. Now, my last two teams um, are pretty much general consensus. I think Boise makes it in. I think they get voted in just because of the amount of talent that's in the Big Ten. Um, when you're talking Michigan and USC, it's hard not to see those two teams being in the top two spots. Do I think Boise has the opportunity to knock one of them out? Absolutely. I think Boise State's a very talented team, and I think they're a very active team. And I think that they can go out and they can go into the playoffs. Um, And even if they ended up third in their conference, because of how talented that conference is, I think voters are going to look at that. And they're going to say, well, maybe they just, if they had won this other game, they'd be in the top two and they'd naturally get in. Um, and then there's just the love of Boise State. Everybody likes to see the Smurf turf. Um, so I think that they're going to get in through that measure. LSU is my other one. And not that I don't think LSU can't come in and compete. Again, the Big 12 is super talented. When you look at the teams that's in there, it's hard not to look at OK State coming back in and then you look at Texas A&M, and they're just super talented as well. But not only are they super talented, they're going to be super hungry. So I think it's LSU's to lose, but I think LSU, I think A&M can come in and knock them off and take one of those top two. And naturally, I think everybody sort of has a, has a love for LSU in this league to an extent. Um, LSU's a great program. They have great ADs, the co-ADs between the two. Uh, and they're phenomenal on both sides of the ball. I think they're going to get voted in. I did have a ninth one, about. <laughs> and I think that's I think that's Florida. <laughs> Florida's there, all right. Florida is that man. Florida for me is that sleeper team. I think people look at what they did last year, um, but this isn't last season. Right, because I think they're going to look at it and be like, "Oh, it's going to be the same same results." Florida's going to be right on the edge of it, but just barely miss it. Well, guys, I'm here to tell you this isn't last season. I think Florida can they can manage uh, the turnover differential and put it out out into their favor versus giving up so many. I think Florida goes out and wins a lot of games. Um. Could they make it knock Alabama or Auburn off in those top two? Absolutely. Do I think that people in this league have a love for for Florida? Absolutely. I think they look at Florida and they're like, man, we'd really like to see Florida in there. Um, so I think you could get in there one of two ways as that program. Um, I can tell you right now, if I had to vote, Florida's going to get one of my votes because, one, I'm a diehard Gator fan. But, two, I do truly have a, path, a love for Florida in the league. I think they're a great program who – and I they, they showed it. Um, Florida was able to knock off Clemson and keep them out of the playoffs last season. So when we're looking at it, I just – I see Florida as being 
right there, and I think it's going to um, but I think it's going to truly come down to the voters on that program. Um, but, you know, Mighty Mage, you got some work to do. I think you've got a talented That's team, and I think do. that y'all have the opportunity to it's take it fun. out of the voters' hands. So, um, <laughs> go get it, brother. Um, now, I know this is a t- this is a topic we talked about way too early predictions last last week or last <laughs> time for the Matt team. Um, but you know, we have another Matt coach in here, right? So, I'm gonna leave this just between me and you, Willie. This is our predictions because. At yeah. the end of the day, we're the only two Matt coaches on this on this uh, this podcast today. Um, Willie, give me your two teams. If there was a Matt title game, what two teams in the Matt do you see? Yeah, I'd say man, one of my first teams I was playing is NIU. Uh, you know, um, Wookie is his second season coaching, okay. and he had, he got his quarterback this season, so. I'm really thinking, yeah. you know, last season he didn't have his quarterback, so it kind of altered how he could play call and run his offense. But this season he has his quarterback that he has, which is a, a dual-threat quarterback, and he, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, has his elite running back. So I'm I'm yeah. really yeah. excited. I think this will be NIU's season. You yeah. know, as long as his game plan is right, we have his guys in the right place to succeed, I think this is going to be in our youth breakout season. And as far as my second team, hmm. Yep. I'm think my second team, I'm, I'm going to say it's Miami U. I'm going to say it's you guys. Just because of, because we know the Mac is talented on the offensive side of the ball. Okay. But you're, you was able to go out and get some key defensive pieces through recruiting and in the transfer portal. And so, which is a plus that a lot of guys don't have. And I, I think that's going to – it's going to be a tight race, but I yeah. think that's going to give you the edge because of what you have on offense already and then what you was able to grab on defense. I think that's what's going to put you over the edge because we know in this league teams are going to score, but it's what your defense can do to make more stops than the other team. and. You have the right pieces yep. that defense align that elite. You have a four-star cornerback. You have a five-star free safety back that patrolling the secondary. So I think you have what it takes to be able to slow opponents down enough. So I'll... Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'm going to give my two. And this isn't – it's not a homer pick. It's really if, – if I was an AD or a coach in, in the power team, in the power conference teams, these are the two teams that just looking at what they were able to do for their teams and what they brought in, um, I, my number one is going to be Miami of Ohio, just the sheer talent that they've got on both sides of the ball. And still three weeks left until season kickoff, and, and I think uh, – you know, Miami yeah. of Ohio can go out there and fix the last few remaining spots and fill those in really, really well. Um, but I'm going to give, brother, and it's not because you're on this podcast by any by any means. Um, 
Yeah, I got Dude, like you're talented wide at wide receivers. You're, you're deep. You got what, nine wide receivers? <laughs> that is crazy. Like, yeah. pick your poison. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter who gets tired. Go ahead, let them go take a breather. We've got another one just as talented as you to go, go sit and go out there and make plays. That's huge. And that's something that a lot of teams don't have. Um, you went out and, and you got a lot of depth um, and you filled holes that needed to be filled for that program. Um, then I think you have a passion. You have something that like all coaches have sort of a passion for, for what they do. But, you know, you look at people like Clutch who went to Boise State. He has a passion for that program. Um, I don't know what your passion program is, but I can tell you through recruiting Everybody that I've talked to has always been like, oh, it's between you and EMU. And I'm like, tag on, man. Um, so I, I really think that you have a great – you do a great job at recruiting, and I think that's going to translate into how well you game plan. Because if, if you recruit this well, man, you're going to be dangerous in game planning. So I, my two teams, if there was a Matt title game, it would be EMU, Miami of Ohio. Now, I take nothing away from the other programs. Um you're right. NIU can make a very, very good run. Ohio can make a very, very good run. Oh, yeah, most but definitely. It's just my two. Um, so, um, hey, Willie, I, I want to thank you for being on here. I know we're going on probably about an hour, almost an hour and a half at this point. Um, so Willie, thank you for coming in and showing, uh, showing up and, uh, conversing with us oh, and giving really your thoughts on, on this off season. Of Greatly appreciate it. Uh, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great to have you all, man. Um, oh yeah. Great to have you. Uh, to my two co-hosts, my two favorite players in the league outside of myself. Really appreciate y'all being with me for. Uh, another little bit of fellowship on cover three. And last thing I want to hit up is, hey, go check out these other podcasts, Fourth and Inches, Inside Blitz, um, Southern Fried, Trigger's got one. Players Corner, um, yeah. So, and then there's what, the Players Corner as well, right? So, hey, go hit them up. Subscribe to them, follow them, whatever it is. It's a little button you got to click. Yeah, listen to them because they all provide great content. I love listening to every single one of these. So to all of our listeners, thank you for following us and thank you for listening. Click that subscribe button, that follow button, whatever button it is. And uh, we'll see you all next week.